Hello guys, Jack here from Jack Makes Happy Hour podcast and yes, the rumours are true. We're heading back out on tour in May 2024. 68% of the tickets are already sold out but there are still a few left at Edinburgh, Newcastle, Manchester, Birmingham, Leeds, Cardiff, Sheffield, Nottingham, Bristol, Bury, and our home city of Norwich. So, don't waste any time. Grab your tickets today and come and watch me, Alfie and Robbie live. And me. Mainly me, Alfie and Robbie, though, isn't it? Yeah. Happyhourlive.co.uk. See you in May. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Happy Hour. Hello, guys, and welcome back to Jack Mate's Happy Hour podcast. Stevie, can you smell that? No. No, have a big whiff. Have a... Can you smell that? It's not nice. What do you mean it's not nice? <laughs> Is that it's... you? No, it's... I'm... don't go down that route. It smells delectable because something's cooking up in the Happy Hour studio today. What do you think it is? Have you prepared all of this? No, I'm just I'm off the off the dome, mate. Really? Yeah, it's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, no, carry you. on. Yeah. We have cooked up two incredible guests for you today. We have Jamie and Ben from Sorted Food. How are you, lads? Oh, I'm good. That was an intro. <laughs> <laughs> we never quite know where it's going to go. Yeah. I was wondering whether I should have just checked out a spray before I came in. How are you, boys? Yeah, really good. Really You're good. both looking very well. Thank you. Well I mean, paid, I, as always. I've, I've never met you before, so, so I, I've got nothing to compare. From the pictures that we've seen online. <laughs> yeah, you could literally be looking your worst, and to me, it's your best. Wherever are you? Uh, you in London? Is your studio in London? Where? Studios in London. Yeah. We're just down uh, sort of behind Tower Bridge sort of way, and then uh, I'm now based in Hertfordshire. Well, now I've always been based in Hertfordshire. Right. Where I grew up. And uh, you're in East London. East London now. Love yeah, it. Moved in. Love it. What do you think of our studio? This is bright. Yeah. I it's, like I, it. <laughs> you need your sunnies, but it's good. <laughs> Yeah, if you don't leave here with a headache today, something's gone terribly wrong. Do you want me to say my line? Go on. I think it looks a bit like a kid's TV set. Valid. Bright yeah. colours, bold shapes, <laughs> geometric kind of vibes. Is that why we saw some kids running out as we were coming in? <laughs> I'm not going to say anything about that. Now, guys, before we jump into it, um, I'm sure most of our audience will know who you are. But just for the few that don't, what is sorted food? It's a conversation around food and cooking, but I think, yes, lots of food, lots of cooking, lots of exploration and travel to explore new food, but it's ultimately just a friendship because those of us you see on camera, we've known each other for 25 years, so since we were 11, wow. so year seven at school, all the way through, um, and that is really the, the backbone to what we do. It's a friendship that's constantly exploring food. So it's, it's quite important to have an authentic friendship when you do stuff online go on we're so- <laughs> <laughs> go on. we'll get there one day yeah i'm sure we we'll explore get- food together we go to birchanger services yeah have you been there not that no that one. You've never been birchanger nah so. they've got a chopsticks burger, the burger king. king birchanger kfc yeah. what, uh, what motorway are we talking uh just off the this is where i present to be a geezer oh motorways um <laughs> cool just off oh. the m25 m25 on the way to the a11 Oh, okay, lovely. So you're talking like Junction 27, 28, that kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, yeah, bang on. 
<laughs> now, we always start in the same way. Guys, I want you to imagine a mystical place far, far away or as close as right here in your heart. It's called the Happy Hour. Uh, wherever you want it to be. <laughs> but wherever it is, it's bright. Yeah. Yeah. It's, just it's not junction, real. Ju- junction 27. Uh, it's called the Happy Hour Hall of Fame, and you can both submit an item to live forever in the Hall of Fame. It's got to be something that means something to you. It can be a place, a person, a feeling, a thing. We'll start with you, Jamie. What would you like to put in there? Well, I have been putting some thought into this. Okay. In uh, prep. I thought I'd do some prep for the podcast. Wow, you chefs Uh-oh. are all about prep. <laughs> I took it seriously. He's on blast. <laughs> I think I want to go with a person, okay. but I want to go with a person and an era. Oh. So I want to go for Tom Cruise. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but from, the, that coming, from the mid-80s to the early 90s, because I feel like that was his strongest run. <laughs> he has a very strong run. But, like, his strongest time, we're talking Top Gun. Okay, good. Cocktail. Right, don't know. Cocktail, great film. Not seen it. Great film. Rain Man. Yeah, good. Uh, a Few Good Men. Decent. Days of Thunder. Okay, you're I think we're me. talking prime Tom Cruise. <laughs> Is this pre-Scientology as well? I don't know what was going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it feels like maybe. Right. Yeah. Maybe the pre-Scientology part. Yeah. Do you know what's really weird is this crush runs deep. Does it? What did your wife walk down the aisle to? Well, what the... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Top Gun theme. No. And yeah. she agreed to that. Yeah. I mean, Lucy's amazing, but she... <laughs> I don't know how I managed to do it, but I convinced her to walk down walk down the aisle to the... That is actually incredible. It was, yeah. We it were was... all a little surprised. <laughs> Did you not know it was going to happen? That's fantastic. I like that you didn't tell anyone. No, no, it was just me and her. We were the only ones that knew. Oh, and then superb. suddenly it started playing and everyone just looked at me with the most biggest disappointment. <laughs> no, I rate it. I rate it. Well, and, and what would you like to put in, mate? I don't know if I've got anything compared to that. Um, I think I'd go with... Tom Cruise um, now. <laughs> trapped in time so that whenever you get there, you can enjoy it. A flight of wine. Oh. Right, and always because I can't pick one, so I'm going to pick like five small glasses that just any mood, any person, they'll always have a glass of wine to just chillax. And is that, is, that, is that called a flight of wine, is it? Yeah, not a Top Gun flight. Right. <laughs> and I'm not talking like trolley dolly flight. I'm just just like five small glasses of wine, uh, lots of, from all around the world, different different grapes, different countries, but therefore always an excuse to find something just to go. And we're here. Okay, I'm like, that's, that's quite a culture dance in a happy place. To give you an idea of what you're dealing with on this side <laughs> of the table, <laughs> I thought there was just red, white, and rosé. <laughs> What's the other two? Well, orange and sp- orange and fizzy. There you okay. go. Oh. <laughs> if cool. fizzy, fizzy wine. That's, that's like Prosecco. Is that, is that Prosecco? Yeah, basically. I heard a rumour the other day, is Prosecco dying out? Ooh. Um, I think it's still always going to be very popular. And it was... No, no, no. In terms of like, literally you cannot be, you won't be able to get it anymore. Like oh, grapes. the grape. Yeah. The Glera grape. I don't know. Northern Italy is still, it's still growing. I think it's still fine. Are you talking about climate change? It's got very deep all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, so Tom, Tom Cruise. Let's go back to Scientology. <laughs> okay, that's a, that's a great answer. Well, you're not a wine man, are you, Stevie? I actually had some wine the other day. No way. Yeah, well, I went to a wedding and it felt they came over with wine and was like, do you oh, want appropriate right. white or rosé? And I was like, rosé. No red please. there then? Don't think so. Uh, probably it's got to compliment the meal, Jack. 
Right, see, that's already over my head, mate. Paired with the food, I get that. Yeah, yeah nice. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. it was like a roast. Did so you? Did you? Did you? Had a rose. A, a, a wine with a roast? Is this a thing? Uh, yeah, why not? Well, Any time of day. Look <laughs> <laughs> There's a wine for everyone and right. every occasion. You're talking to the guy that chose five glasses of wine instead of one. Of course, <laughs> he's happy to drink wine at any time of the day. I don't think I've. I think I've only ever drunk wine once in my life and went, nah, and then didn't do it again. We did a wine taste test on this podcast where we tried a really cheap wine, a mid-range wine and an expensive wine, and we couldn't figure out the difference between them. Did you have a favourite or just not necessarily going to pick them out? I think I remember liking the mid-range one the most. Yeah. Wine's wine's subjective, as all food is. That's why we get away with what we do. There's no right or wrong answer. (laughs) For 13 years, we've just been blagging our way along the sort of middle line. (laughs) But we've we've been very lucky. Like, we've done some wine tasting with some sommeliers and stuff like that. Um, And uh, I think the best one was that, that one that we did in France, where the guy said... There is no like really good wine, really bad wine. There's just the right wine for the right moment. And if you've got a cheap one, a mid one and an expensive one, if your favourite is the mid one, well, that's the best one for you. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks at that point. Right. Oh, actually, that's not grown from the 2020 Bordeaux region. You know, all (laughs) that kind of, it doesn't matter if you enjoy that wine. Go for it. The best uh, bottle of wine is the empty one at the end of the night because everyone's enjoyed it. There we go. I like it. So Tom Cruise <laughs> from eight, early, late 80s, early <laughs> 90s for Jamie and a flight of wine for Ben. I like it. Now we're going to jump straight in to some get to know questions. These are a little bit lighthearted, kind of quick fire to get, the know, to, get, to get to know the guys behind the food. Stevie, kick us off. Jamie, what's the biggest animal you reckon you could be in a fight? To add your ah. little caveat. He, he wants to add this caveat. He sometimes gets a bit nervous. So add normally it. people think, okay, I'm just going to fight an animal, get to punch him, whatever. I We like the thought that you can only fight this animal in the same way that they'd fight you. So if you pick a chicken, it's going to peck you. You have to peck, peck the chicken. I oh, see. this changes the game. <laughs> this does change the game. <laughs> only the hard-hitting questions here. I like how much thought you look like you're putting into it already. Something like a goat. Okay. is it, All it can do is kick you. They headbutt. They nibble. They Are you going to nibble a goat? Would you, nibble nibble a goat? would you nibble a goat better question a grown, a grown up one because I don't want to say on a podcast I'm going to headbutt a kid I don't think that's <laughs> very true very true so a grown up goat let's just be clear yeah yeah I think a goat I could kick a goat I could headbutt a goat I don't have the horns I'd love to see you headbutt a goat <laughs> I don't know how much damage I could do with a headbutt to a goat have you ever seen goats oh. on trampolines oh what <laughs> Oh, what? come on. Tell no. me you haven't found that corner of TikTok. No, but that seems like so something I should have completed already. What, what is, is this a thing? Goats love bouncing on things. So give them a trampoline and they are the happiest you've ever seen them. And now I've got a picture of Jamie and a goat on a trampoline. Head down <laughs> <bunny each other. laughs> what, but I don't think... How do their legs work like that? I can't imagine they can bounce. Have they got backwards knees? Yeah. No, that's camels. Right. Oh. <laughs> Have you seen a camel on a trampoline? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going for a go. Go, I like that. Fee, we can actually cleverly edit that. So we have Jamie in the trailer going, I'm going to headbutt a kid. <laughs> <laughs> ben, if you had to get a tattoo right now, what would it be? Do you have any first? I do not have any tattoos. Okay. Uh, what would I get? We, I once, get? we did get you one once upon a time. I once got a temporary henna on, on a uh, weekend away when you guys pinned me down. And only after I was pinned down on the beach and this guy was walking around, he was like in a book, like, what do you want? What do you want? Then they picked which tattoo. <laughs> what did you get? Uh, it was a little cherub. A little cherub. Um, 
a bit like you'd see in a fountain. Yeah. Uh, except the chariot was urinating. Oh, okay. oh, nice. Was he urinating? I think that might have been added afterwards. That wasn't on the original design. Was it urination? Oh. There was, there was something coming anyway, out Anyway, it was on my back for three weeks <laughs> until it faded away. Three weeks? I've got some great pictures to show. <laughs> oh, we need to see that. Never trust your friends. So, no, I haven't got any tattoos. Um... What would I get tattooed? Maybe an actually nice cherub. How about that? Something yeah. ornate and baroque. I think it would suit you. I think it would suit you, a little cherub. You've got a bit of cherub about you. I'll take that as a compliment. Thank you very much. <laughs> Jamie, if you had to cook a meal for Beyonce tonight, what are you going for? Ooh. It's got to be a clever pun to play on word with a lyric of some sort. Yeah, something with honey because of bees. But, oh, yeah, I think... I'd be so nervous and worried about cooking for her. I'd want to cook something that's in my comfort zone. I wouldn't want to suddenly say I could cook you sushi because I can't cook sushi. Right. If it was a favourite meal, I couldn't do that. So I might just have to go for a big old steak because <laughs> I know I, I could make a massive steak. Uh, I could do it really impressively. And it might not be her favourite food, but I know it would be done well. Yeah. And yeah. I think, yeah, so maybe maybe a steak chips goat and rump because <laughs> it'd be well tenderized if you've been kicking this goat just take the rump of the goat that's a great answer uh, i was slightly distracted at the end there uh, because we've got our questions and fiona's just added a photo of a goat on the trampoline <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to do an interview fee but i kind of just want to look at that all day so when you say you'll do you'll do the steak well yeah. You don't mean well done, do Absolutely you? Absolutely not. Done well, but not well done. Yeah, I think we'll go for a ribeye. We'll go medium rare. Okay. And the ribeye, rib is that... Is that I, I, I see, I, I, I know nothing about food. All right. This is this is actually why we're super excited to have you on, because we've interviewed all the YouTubers, and there's only so many times you can sit there and pretend to be interested about their FIFA videos, right? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to everyone that's been on. <laughs> but we, we genuinely know very little about food, so today I'm hoping we're going to learn a lot about steaks. What are your views on a well-done steak? Just, what a waste, basically. Is it, though? Well, yeah, because it's not, it's not, for me, maybe it's a personal opinion, but it's maybe also it's. factually correct, <laughs> is that uh, you should cook the steak to how the steak should be done, not necessarily your personal preferences. So a ribeye is best done medium rare or medium, because it has... Um, uh, fat running through it and you want that fat to kind of break down a little bit um and so if you have it rare it's going to be chewy because right. the fat won't have broken down a bit if you have it well done then you're taking away all the the, the flavor and the juice out of the steak and i just it's not right so i always depending now i know a bit more about cuts of steak and that kind of thing i can kind of know where to go with it but i'll always ask for what the chef's recommendation is, is how how should i have this cut cooked? Oh. because if, with like a fillet you should have that rare because right. that's the best way to get the most flavour out of it. Do you remember we did texture. that in Paris at eight o'clock in the morning? Yeah. We'd been to night market and we went to, they took us to a, this restaurant that opens at 8 a.m. for basically all the market um, holders who have been working all day through the night. So it's their dinner. And this is in the middle of Paris. And at 8 a.m., we had steak and red wine at 8 a.m. Wow. And I did the same thing. I was like, oh, I'll, I'll take it the way that you're having it. Yeah. It was blue. <laughs> no was, way. It was it was like barely touched, seared at best, still pretty much cold in the middle. Oh. It was absolutely delicious, but that was one time I felt like maybe I'd made a mistake <laughs> saying as you'd like it. I, I, I could never, There's. I don't think there's enough money to, to pay me to have a steak blue. I have mine so well done. It's really? Blue. Yeah. Oh. I'm from a household in which my mum burnt everything. <laughs> so I love the taste of burnt. Yeah. So if it's just underburnt, 
then you're kind of quite happy because it's yeah it's, it's, yeah. yeah it's already an improvement yeah but i can feel the judgment already from you guys <laughs> so we'll move on ben what's the weirdest app on your phone the weirdest app on my phone feel free to have a look that's i've got so they're not weird they're just useful what's the uh, most unusual dingbats that was quick is that a game <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Whenever you like, just need a distraction. Dingbats. Dingbats. How do you know about? Oh, 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 yeah. What's dingbats? Do I have dingbats? They're just what? they're things. <coughs> what they're things that? you just have to take literally. It's like puzzle puzzles. Oh, is it? So this it, isn't going to work in a in a audio podcast. But hey, like so like that. Right. That's the right. that's the clue. Right. Century. And it's long time no see. Right. Century without the sea. Long time no see. Oh, uh, so yes. It's just very literal. Okay. Yeah, yeah puzzle-based stuff and they're just regularly there and it just distract me on a commute but can't you just work that out because it's just century about the word c <laughs> yeah you've got to work them out because it's not going to be pentury or <laughs> no no but you're not trying to work out the word century you're trying to work out the phrase long time no c so a century is a but long time. But it says time. the phrase. Well, you got no, 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 yeah, he's completed That it. was one I've completed. Oh, you have to guess. Oh, flexing. <laughs> <laughs> he's a very simple mind, so you need to... And that's what's the beauty about dingbats. They just say what you see. I love it. I love it. Jamie, what's the worst bit of advice you've ever received? Uh, uh, oh, that's a really hard one. Um, I think you get... It's not necessarily the most funny answer, but... <laughs> When you're having a kid, everyone wants to give you advice. Because when you have a baby, everyone's like, right, I've got loads of advice that I can give you. Mm -hmm. My baby did this, 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 and this. And it's all, sorry, bollocks. Because <laughs> every baby is completely different. And what worked for you won't work for you. Mm -hmm. What worked for our first kid didn't work for the second kid. They're like and wines. Different, different exactly. babies. Yeah, one for every occasion. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. A red one, <laughs> a white one. <laughs> um, and so... So, yeah, the worst advice I ever got was parenting advice because you just can't... Everything's based on your own experience mm -hmm. and that's never going to work when you're talking to somebody who has their own experience yeah. as well. And it's true, yeah. when they're young, they, they bounce once or twice, don't they? Particularly on a trampoline. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Sorry, Fee's added a note here. My dad makes us all play dingbats every Christmas day after we've eaten our meal. Does Ben do dingbats after dinner? I, I've been known to dingbat after dinner, uh, mostly oh. Christmas time as well, actually. It's a good family. Oh, wow. We can't believe I've never even heard some, of it. Summer barbecues, big family thing. Everyone's trying to guess the dingbat. Bunch of dingbats. Go Absolutely. Go around to the Ebrils. <laughs> uh, final one for you, Ben. Who was your first ever celebrity crush? Oh, who was my first ever celebrity? Do you know what? <laughs> I, You know the, uh, I can't remember her name. Long brown hair off of Scooby-Doo. V Velma. Velma, yes. Oh, I'm googling. Velma. I'm googling. Oh, no. If you Google on or TikTok, there is cosplay. There is Velma cosplay. Is there? I mean, that's you, not. You're very why quick I on that. <laughs> the oh. My TikTok algorithm is very unusual. <laughs> or, but very, for you, very, very you specific. <laughs> so Velma. not a celebrity, an absolute fictional. Yeah, but I was like, I like the idea of sleuthing my way around as amateurs, and it just—I was very geeky at school, and I was just. She's got a bit about her. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Who was yours, Stevie? I've never asked you. Um, Hilary Duff, Lizzie McGuire, mm. Lizzie McGuire. Yeah. Mm. Wow, have you ever seen the Real Hustle? Do you remember yeah. the Real yeah, Hustle? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Are you going to yeah. say the girl on there? The girl on there, I used to fancy. Yeah. All right, we'll move on. Um, <laughs> you're still looking at pictures of Elma, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, final one. Jamie, who is your hero? 
Oh, well, I mean, we've already covered Tom Cruise from the mid-80s <laughs> to the early 90s, haven't we? Uh, I, do you know what? From a food perspective, somebody like Anthony Bourdain, I think, and I, I, there's probably a, a quite a, a usual answer, but just in the world of food and writing and being able to share a, a love and a passion for food and be able to help other people get on board with that, I just think he was uh, kind of like, he broke a mould as well. He did yeah. it differently to everyone before. And it, I think he just showed this completely different side to the world of food and restaurants and things like that, that people didn't necessarily see before unless they were in it. Right. And I think helping people get that understanding brought more people into the world of food. Um, and yeah, just the way that he wrote and talked about the restaurant industry as a whole, food as a whole, was just spectacular. Um, and some of his travel content was amazing. Just Yeah off the beaten track kind of vibes. Right. What would you say if I said I haven't heard of him? Oh, you have got out. a great evening ahead of you. Go and watch like loads of clips. I'm Anthony Bourdain. I swear a guest has mentioned him before. Yeah, we've had a guest mention him before. Have we? So it's quite rude of you not to have heard of him, considering <laughs> he's been mentioned on the podcast. <laughs> I just didn't listen. <laughs> what? What is TV chefs, to me, someone with very limited knowledge, They they seem a bit like kind of like wrestlers, right? And, and what I mean by that is they all have their own sort of theme. Is it like Gordon Ramsay? He's the angry one, he yeah, swears. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got the guy, is it Heston Blumen? Is he, he the does guy the who weird does the stuff. weird stuff? Yeah, yeah. Like, is, that, is that true? Do you, do you think- I think everyone finds a little pocket in a niche and if you're not careful, then you kind of get typecast as that. Right. Um, but then also most people aren't going to be something for everyone. So that it's better to, I mean, Delia was always like, your grandmother's kind of cooking, but yeah. she was back to basics. And you're right; everyone kind of has their own, their own take on food. Do Do you have your own niche? I think our take started in the early days was just the YouTube Chef okay. group because actually, yeah. there, at the time and when we started, there was no one else really doing what we were doing. Right now, it's just yeah, full of hacks and cheats and tricks because we are jack of all trades, yeah. um, master of very few. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's our thing: is just give it a go. Where Where did the name Sorted Food come from? Still a working title. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely. Still not happy with it. <laughs> it um, we started as Sorted Students, uh, and it was uh, after we kind of came up with the idea of saying, right, well, let's... Uh, so the the idea for Sorted basically started because we all moved away from school, went off to university, studying different things, um, and like me and Baz, Mike, a couple of other, our other friends were texting Ben because uh, Ben was training to be a chef and going like, we're struggling with food. Like I've got 10 pounds to last me until the end of the month. Like what, what can I buy? All of those kind of questions. And it came to this conclusion that there must be more people struggling mm. when it comes to food. Cause I was looking at my flatmates going, you're not doing very well either. <laughs> um, and so we're like taking Ben's really simple recipes and cooking them for ourselves and going, okay, what if we try to get these out to more people? Um, and so we started cooking them, put them into a cookbook first of all, tried to self-publish that. Well, I think um, that, that, that was the moment of like, we did a cookbook and we didn't know what to call it. And we kept going, oh, well, we'll get the name sorted later. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, get, a, we'll get a name and a title and a, a, like a overall cover for the book sorted later. And we kept saying sorted later. And then we realised that maybe there was something in it. It was just a vocab we were using a lot. 
So it just accidentally came to pretty me, much, sort of which thing. is why to your point, it's still a working title. We found nothing better, so it's just we'll getting stuff sorted. We'll come up with something some, at some point soon. I think it's pretty cemented as a we'll, brand we'll now. Fix, we'll fix the solution. We'll find a way out of this. We'll get it sorted. When, it will do for now. When we when we were coming up today and we were thinking of some last minute sort of questions, I came up with this, and Stevie reckons it's a stupid question, right? But if no such w- thing as a stupid question. Thank you, Ben. Stupid answers. I'll try and give you one. Give, <laughs> right. Wait, give them a chance. <laughs> What's your earliest memory of food? Courgette. <laughs> See? What? You have, how do you have an answer no, to that? No, so, it, cause I, so genuinely, I think, and I absolutely, obviously, loved food before that, but I have this one memory of running up the garden from a uh, veg patch at the bottom of the garden my dad used to keep and basically grow veg. And literally, as I was just about old enough to run up the garden. I was carrying, like, all the produce that dad had gone, like, take it up to the kitchen. So basically, young slave trade, like, using me <laughs> as, like, <laughs> work hands on the farm. It wasn't a farm, it was a garden, but very much just running up the garden with all the produce. And I remember, and there is a photo, which probably is what cements it more than the memory, yeah. but I remember seeing a very young photo of me um, holding produce and running up the garden and i feel like that's a love affair very early on great answer yeah. so a stupid question i apologize and spawn a great answer mine like you just assume it's going to be like milk yeah milk that's what mine is because that's the first thing you have but you never but do you really remember would, it no you'd be scarred if you remember drinking yeah. milk, wouldn't you for obvious reasons but my, <laughs> but mine mine was mine, 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 well, i'm just thinking of that now and it's weird uh, <laughs> looking up and seeing your mum's face again. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mine was yogurt okay yeah because i just I, and i think it's the same as you ben i remember seeing a photo of me with just loads of yogurt over my face so <laughs> and mine, i think it is 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 photos of that moment that probably cement a memory because i'm not sure if you remember the yogurt that moment no i don't think i, remember I love yogurt, the garden. still to this day <laughs> yeah just i just love yogurt what's your favorite yogurt you can't beat a miller that's not on it you can't beat a miller corner though okay. which one Oh, well, you get the one with the little um, white and dark chocolate balls. Yeah, chocolate That's balls, really good. good. Yeah. Um, yeah. We got, uh, my son had a Mississippi mud pie one the other day. Oh, how's that? It was like um, little, it was like crumbled up Oreos. Um, and then... Uh, you, and it's still the, like, like vanilla. one quarter, three quarters. Yeah, yeah, and you just yeah. pop it over. I like the banana flake one. That's, That's good. good. Rum and raisin. Yeah. You shouldn't nice really give either. your son them, though, mate, because like, as a parent, I can tell you now. That... <laughs> <laughs> my, my boy loves the white and brown chocolate ball ones. Yeah. Big fan. I can just talk about yogurts all day, to be fair. Go on, what other yogurts? I uh, got into peach ones recently. Got into them, Yeah, did you? Yeah, in a big way. What, uh, what type? Are you going like, uh, are we talking yogurt pots or like big pot that you decant? Are we talking like sucking it out of a frube? Uh, <laughs> He's a frube. Frubes were banging. Uh, <laughs> just, just, a little, just a little pot of... A little one, yeah. like a kid size one. Yeah, and I did, and I eat a it with petit falou. Yeah, a bit bang on. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I eat it with a little spoon because it makes it last longer. Yeah, <laughs> and sometimes I'll go apricot because I think I that feel tastes like just, just like regressed pink. to that very first food memory, and you just haven't let that go. Like the smaller spoon, the little pot. <laughs> there back might be to one thing. Your face. <laughs> some trauma there somewhere. I swear. Right. So, so you boys, you've um, there's four of you in the band, isn't there? Yeah. Or is, there is there is there four of you still now? Yep. Yeah. So, so who have you got? Who have we got? We've got you two, Jamie. You was in marketing yep ben you're you were the the chef chef yep and then you've got who are the other two so mike mike who heads up all of our production yeah sort of the creative side of it but he at the time was stayed on at school and became a teacher right but was actually working in music and drama oh okay has that kind of music drama uh production kind of background creative right and and barry and barry who was kind of graphic design and photography um, went off to find himself in the mountains as a skiing instructor right because he was the only one well no 
neither did Mike. Two of them didn't go to uni. Yeah. Whereas Jamie and I did. So it was kind of the idea was born out of students at uni. Yeah. For other students, but 50% of the team weren't at uni. You've all got like... <laughs> University of life. You've all got your specific talents. You've come together very much like the Avengers, haven't you? <laughs> Slightly less successful, but yeah. <laughs> I prefer that analogy to the in-betweeners, which is what we, were, which is what we were referred to as about 10 years ago. <laughs> the in-betweeners of food. So I yeah. think I'll take the Avengers. That is the perfect group, though. Like, you yeah. all do something so individual, but it means so much for the final result. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and We haven't got any of that. No, but you. Uh, so, so uh, it, sound, it sounds weird to say you you were the chef because you're now all chefs, obviously. But Ben, you were the one who sort of brought these boys into that world. And I read that you would write down your the, the recipes for these lads on the back of beer mats. Is this that was the philosophy? Was it was basically like in a pub, like all ideas, good ideas start in a pub. Mm-hmm. And if a recipe is simple enough to fit on a beer mat, then it's easy enough and you know. Psst, any idiot can follow it kind of vibe so right. that was what it was as a student <laughs> at uni it was very much like if i can fit it onto a beer mat it's going to be few ingredients really simple method cheap affordable simple and you'll be able to follow it I that was always that. the philosophy i love that but and because we're, we're as i said a few times we're thick as shit when it comes to the kitchen so we have just here we have some beer mats of our own and we excellent. was wondering if at some point <laughs> you could write us down a recipe excellent on the back of these and we will go home and we will make it our mission we won't cook it well. No, no, no. no but, but we'll no. cook it. Excellent. So we'll leave you with those. Brilliant. And at some point, you could write us a recipe on. Amazing. That would like be deal. great. You went to uh, culinary school. Now, to me, that sounds like some kind of Hogwarts. Pretty much. Is it? With a uniform. Okay, talk us through that. What what happens at culinary school? Do you sleep there? <laughs> so it was... It's, it was a, <laughs> have you ever heard of it before? No, it's like Hogwarts, but instead of Quidditch, they're like breadsticks and food bites. <laughs> Food fights? Do you food fight? Not a huge amount of food fighting. <laughs> How much are you regretting coming on this? Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I, suddenly I'm thinking maybe I should have just gone to a proper career. <laughs> so what, what, what happens? Is, is it... Uh, it's just uni- it was a university degree, but we did an awful lot of um, culinary practical skills. So right. 50% of the course was learning to be a chef. Yeah. Whereas 50% was more managerial, but it meant they were crazy enough to give us like control of the restaurant. So like the university had a restaurant that was open to the public on the ground floor. And it was as a uh, customer, it was the best place ever because everything was so cheap because there was no labor because we were the labor of students. There were no food costs that was kind of covered under the cost of the, um, uh, the university like course mm-hmm. there was no like overheads to the building because it was a university it was already paid for by the course so basically you get amazing food cooked by chefs who are learning so you always had to like take it with a pinch of salt yeah. sometimes add a bit of your own um but it was kind of like a great space to practice so it was a university degree but where we were allowed to play in spaces like that to create That's amazing That's play amazing. restaurant so because because you started sorted food we looked on your linkedin and it's, 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 <laughs> it said you started sorted food, I think was 2008, but you graduated in 2009, which means you started it when you were at uni, you boys. So does that mean that you then haven't really worked in a kitchen then? Because it's sort of come up the side by side. I haven't taken a traditional route, but right. for the first few years, and I think a lot of content creators will think the same, there's not much money in YouTube when you're setting out yeah so for the first few years it was working restaurants hotels lots of evenings and weekends right so we could play with this thing that we were calling sorted working title um during the week and yeah it kind of it scaled from there so some private catering some um agency work did work in tapas restaurants and bits and pieces like that so I, a real I, mixture i used to work in bella italia yeah 
and Stevie used to work in... McDonald's. So, oh, nice. just an idea for you. If you're ever thinking of making sorted food, maybe five or six people, you might not have to look any further Pretty than... much where I started. I started in a brewer's fair. Did you? Yeah, and a pub. And it was very much like a Saturday shift age. I mean, that was before uni. It's like 16. Right. Saturday job. And that was where I fell in love with kitchens. It was just working in a brewer's fair. How, how does that... How does it differ... I don't want to sound make this sound disrespectful to chefs that are working there, but you hear a lot about like Michelin stars and stuff like that. What makes a chef that has a Michelin star different to perhaps like the chefs that I were working with in Bella Italia? I think all it really... So Michelin stars, an interesting concept, it's a big marketing term, basically like star, it was a tyre company that decided they wanted to encourage people to drive a bit more, use a bit more tyres and therefore buy more tyres. Michelin, the tyre company. Well, it was literally Michelin. It was yeah. Michelin. Yeah, I had yeah. a joke I was going to say about that, but that's just ruined it, because it, it was literally Michelin. It was Michelin. Oh. And they were like, what we need to get people to do is drive a bit more, to use more tyres so we can sell them more tyres. So a one, two, three star, one star place was worth a stop. If you were going, if you were driving from A to B and there was a place that had a star, it's worth a stop. If it was two star, it was worth a detour on your route to go out of your way a little bit to go to a two star. If it was three star, it basically meant make the trip in itself. You don't need to be going somewhere to go here. It's worth a trip in itself. And that was how, it was a whole big marketing thing. It was right. like, how do we sell more tyres? Let's bring out this Michelin guide that was one star, two star, three star, worth a stop, worth a detour, make a special trip. Oh, wow. That's insane. I mean, talk about playing the long game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to go to a restaurant, right? Have we got the tyres for that? <laughs> Might have to stop a quick bit on the way. I never knew that. Did you? No. Well, it's but, the same but, as Guinness Book of Records is by Guinness, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, true. Why yeah. are they Why are they telling you about someone with long fingernails? <laughs> <laughs> Drink your iron. <laughs> so, so, but, but this is a really like this is a metric that they they actually use in the culinary world now, isn't it? Like, do, yeah, start and there's lots of other different grades and accolades and stuff, but I think. Back to your first question before the detour. Mm. Um, I think it's just like one is food service and it is um, large scale and a way of just getting people to eat when they're going out, special occasions. Mm -hmm. Whereas Mission Star is generally a lot more of a philosophy. The chef is really driven to think about what do I want this to be? How do I drive for perfection as opposed to a hospitality environment where people can go out and have a meal for a set price. Right. I think it's more of just like an aspirational thing. Oh, okay. That makes sense. You, you've got a first class honours degree, right? In, yeah. In <laughs> really into his LinkedIn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, to put that in terms that we would understand, um, that seems like the, the creme de la creme. Yes. Uh, right. So let's, let's say, let's say Ben, you're, you're messy. Yeah. You've got the Ballon d'Or. He plays football. Right. Just so you, just so you, Messi plays football. He wasn't. Oh, he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't in the Sidemen game. Okay, right. fine. Yeah, and, and the Ballon d'Or is like the best award you can get as a footballer. Yeah. Excellent. He's got the Ballon d'Or. Thank so you. You the have subtitles. the Ballon d'Or. <laughs> You've got the Ballon d'Or. Yeah. You're Messi. Jamie, where? Are you, who are you? Where are? You, where are you at in the in the in the football hierarchy? I'm probably. Playing for Luton, <laughs> right? Okay, that's 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 prep. Yeah, that's yeah, prep. exactly, that's exactly. Prep. I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm on the right route. Right. We don't know where I'm, where I'm going to get to in the future, but I'm trying really hard. <laughs> I imagine, I imagine goalie saves running around too much. Yeah, you don't want to get out of breath, do you? It's too sweaty. <laughs> okay, guys, let's go back to let's go back to this. Um, back to the um, for the audio listeners. Back to the 
the uh, what are they called beer mats. <laughs> beer mats. <laughs> I forgot what they were called. You're right. Uh, can, can you can you write us one down? Can you, I, I'm interested to see. And Jamie, maybe you could write one for us. They're not the greatest beer mats. No, for space, sorry. So there's a lot of already branding on them. Yeah, they're, they're West Ham. Also, I imagine a bit like ventriloquism. This isn't the best thing for an audio experience. What are you going for? We're full I'm doing vi- a very first recipe. Oh, I thought you would. We're yeah. full visual on on Spotify now, so people can actually watch you as you as you write them, which is probably not what Spotify are after. <laughs> Just watch people write for a couple of minutes. Yeah. <laughs> this is also a really sort of good time to c- correct you on something you said a little bit earlier. <gasps> you, you called me a chef, and it's a great compliment, but yeah. in absolutely no way am I a chef. Are you not? No. No. <laughs> yeah, but you're a chef as much as I'm a podcaster. Right, mate. Well, maybe. I've, I've got no real reason to be doing this, but I am. And you're doing the same. So I think we're allowed. We're blagging it. Exactly. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Who, whose do you want, Steve? I'll let you have first choice. You can have Ben's. Well, he has just told us he's not a chef. Yeah. <laughs> so part of me wants the actual chefs, but also, will that be harder to cook? Well, yeah, of course it will. Is he going to give... The thing is, if he's, he's giving you a steak... On toast, if he? he's giving you a steak, yeah. I want you to have it because then he won't let you have it well done. Oh, God. God, I'm So nervous. we're going to go, Jamie, you give yours to Jack, and I'll go for Ben's. I feel like we're experiencing a bit of history as well, you know? This is how these boys started all those years ago. And, and weirdly enough, I've given you the very first recipe. <laughs> have you? There you go. Okay, are you, are you having this one? Are you locking into this Good one? Yeah, I'll take this. Things. Okay. We've got two times tortillas... A handful of grated cheese, sliced chorizo, very good, Ooh, red bilingual. peppers, a diagram for construction and how many minutes to cook it on each side. Oh, I love You've the really diagram. you got all in there. I say he's writing a method. It actually sounds lovely. It's that's, a quesadilla. That's right up my street. It's a, it's a little cheesy thing. I'm a big quesadilla fan. Massive quesadilla fan. Love it. Absolutely love that. Thank you very much. How much do you think we could sell these for online, though? Quite a bit, I reckon. Let's have a look at that. <laughs> my handwriting, though. It's ridiculous. How often do you write with a pen? I feel like now everything's just... Never. Yeah typed can i text dictated. you in a minute because my black pen's not working very well on this black okay beer mat. okay you can just okay. tell us what it would have been what well, would i was been? gonna go for the ribeye yeah oil the steak you know salt pepper take it out get it up to room temperature uh, for about half an hour before you're gonna cook it then get the pan screaming hot add the steak in on one side about 60 seconds turn it over 60 seconds 60 seconds and then go in with a load of butter Garlic clove, sprig of rosemary or thyme, whatever, whatever you've got. Yeah. I'm guessing you've got at least one of them in the fridge. So much rosemary, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't <laughs> yeah, move for it at the minute, mate. <laughs> uh, and then baste, 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 baste um, until it's at the right, basting uh, the right place where you're happy with it. But ben, what does basting mean? Uh, bathing in foaming butter. Oh, hello. Oh, you've won me back. So. <laughs> <laughs> but only 60 seconds on each side. Just to, get it, just to get the crisp and then you can baste it and it's still cooking and then you're going to rest it and then it's going to... The, the temperature of the steak is going to equalise. So it means like, because the, the outside's going to be hotter because it's been touching the pan than the inside is. And what you want the resting to do is to just bring the temperature to kind of equal throughout the steak. Blushed inside. I sound like a chef. Don't yeah. You sound yeah, like yeah, what I was thinking. thinking. I sound like it. That's How do I do that? Because I still don't sound like a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> Stevie, if you, if you had um, a lovely lady around this evening... Right. Well, I mean, my girlfriend probably won't like it. But... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, Can so... she be the lovely lady? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, okay. your girlfriend's there. Um, be, be completely honest with your answer here. Yeah, go right? on. And you want to impress. Right? Yeah. Um, it works better if it's someone you don't know. Okay, right? so, cool. I'm cooking for someone. Yeah. Someone's come around. I'm yeah. cooking for him. What are you? What is the highest level of thing you can cook that would that would imp- that would impress them? Uh, I make an all right fajita. Okay. 
like a little chicken and, and, or, or enchiladas. Not not as f- much of a fan of all that sauce on there. So fajitas, but it's a fajita, big Tex-Mex vibe. Yeah, sauce. yeah, yeah. I can only do spaghetti bolognese. Can only do it, and I do it with meatballs. Still don't get this. He <laughs> he he seems to think a spaghetti bolognese involves meatballs, and that's not a completely different meal of spaghetti and meatballs. Do you start with meatballs and then break them up into mince or do you mean you you make spaghetti and meatballs? That one. That one. <laughs> <laughs> I do the meatballs. Do we do them in the oven, Fee? What do you mean we? <laughs> what do you mean we? Hold on. You've just gone from I make a great thing to saying how do we make them, Fee? <laughs> I do them in the oven. Then you get the... I really... What's a simple dish that we can we can cook? Well, I guess you've just given it to us, haven't you? But what what's like a really simple dish that would impress someone? What's an impressive dish that's easy to do? I mean... I was like low and slow. Like yeah. like a um, like a tagine or something. We, we, we've got a recipe where you don't even need knives and chopping boards. You just kind of tear a whole bunch of stuff up, put it in a pot and leave it for plenty of time. But it's some spices, some lamb... Um, some what like what is this like tin of chickpeas, some tomatoes, and just kind of rip it all up and then throw it in a tagine or a pot in yeah. the oven and just cook it for like four hours. And what comes out is amazing. How do you know how long to cook things for? <laughs> Sorry, <I'm- laughs> different things, different temperatures. It's mostly a guessing game. And what I find is if you say it with confidence, people believe you. Right, <laughs> it's been the last thirteen years. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I actually I was I was then going to tell them about my weird food combination. Okay, but I think do you guys do you guys have any weird food combinations? We've done a couple of videos on some weird food combos, and there's been some stuff that's really surprised us: bananas and pesto. Oh, I've seen this, and th- this was a comment from um, do you know Dodie? Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. she she commented on uh, underneath one of our posts like. You guys have got to try banana and pesto. There's no way this is going to work. Yeah. I'll tell you what. It's so good. Absolutely delicious. Is it, is it really? Yeah. Who's the first person who tried that, though? But you could say that about anything. Who was the first person that milked a cow and drank it? We've discussed this numerous times on here. I'm with you. No, Someone's... they would have seen a baby cow go in there and go, yeah, well, yeah. our mums do that, yeah, so we, we know what's I'm going to have a little nibble on a cow's teat. No, thank you. No, because they wouldn't have nibbled, would they? They would have gone, okay, let's get some of that out. But I know exactly what you mean. But why did we settle on a cow and not a sheep as the, yeah, the main milk. source of our Rock milk? Yeah. Excellent, Jim. Yeah, that is true. Are, are you? Is there, a, is there a science behind... Why we have peanut butter and jelly, salt and vinegar, cheese and onion. Why these things go together. We've always talked about that, like, one thing I think would change a lot of, like, normal home cooks to better cooks Mm -hmm. or even kind of the way that chefs think. I call it a seasoning triangle. Right, this is what we want. And in this triangle, at each point, at one point there is uh, sugar, at one point there is salt, and at one point there is acid. Now, acid doesn't sound very nice, but I'm talking lemon juice, lime juice, vinegars, things that are acidic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and as long as those three are in balance, you'll get a great dish. So if you taste something, go, oh, that's a bit salty, you can always add in a bit of sugar and a bit of acid to balance it out. If something's really acidic, add in a bit of sugar and a bit of salt. And you can balance out the triangle to get something that is three-dimensionally balanced and seasoned. So people think seasoning is just throw salt at it. Yeah. It's got to be salt, sugar, and acid. And when those three are together, you get something that's really exciting and your tongue goes, wow, that's good, and you'll remember it. I don't, I don't want you to leave, Ben, <laughs> but, but, but what's acid? He just explained. Like a, like a squeeze of a lemon oh, juice. Oh, sorry, I was writing He down. was writing, to I be fair. Tri- <laughs> I put triangle, sugar, salt, acid. Acid like a lemon juice or lime juice oh, okay. or splash of vinegar or even white wine. Okay. That makes it all make so much more sense. Like when I watch these TV shows of these chefs doing this, I go, hmm, not enough salt. I'm going, how do you know that? 
But how do you know? That's because he's going too sugary yeah, or too acidic. Yeah, this is the thing. I would love to be able to cook more. And I've recently... Do you, do you guys... Are you familiar with a guy called What, what Will He Cook? Yeah. 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 So I've been watching... He's been popping up on my TikTok a lot. I watch him. I think he's really good. Fun so, guy and great energy. Like, yeah. Just makes you fall in love with food. Exactly, yeah. So I copied the... Um, he did like a sausage and egg McMuffin thing. And, I, and I've been trying to cook that. But I just get so deflated because I'm like... Like when, I, when I'm trying it, I'm just like, I don't know if this is how it's supposed to taste and i'm just echoing your point when people when chefs are like mm, needs more rosemary needs more there how do you how do you know is it just years of experience a lot of it's practice is it like experience in the sense you've done something before and this reminds you of something a bit like that so this time i did that and i'll change it up so there's a bit of kind of building on experience right okay but there is a logic there, to I, balancing out flavors and what your tongue likes and i think understanding that triangle was how i first got into the kind of that understanding how a chef's mind actually works because mm. they're not just going it needs sugar they're going oh it needs something sweet now what have i got there and what sweetness could i add in that would go well with the dish that i've already got i'm not just going to add sugar into uh, a chili con carne but i might add some honey or you know something like that that will complement the flavors as well as everything else and it's just like that triangle and knowing what fits into which part of the, the triangle okay. and the more that you learn the wider that goes and therefore you've kind of got more things that you could add in yeah i've never heard it explained like that but that makes a, that makes a lot of and sense that's only yeah. one logic we, we're always still learning so this summer we were in uh houston we were speaking to um uh, a lady called christine Ha. so she was the first blind master chef winner so she won master chef blind oh wow phenomenal phenomenal lady yeah and one of the things she was saying was she has a uh, vietnamese background she's american but vietnamese uh, heritage and she was saying one of the most important things in vietnamese food is texture and temperature what she means is so many of the dishes have like a cold element to it or you have cold and then a hot broth or but it's kind of mixing different temperatures as well as different textures and I'd, I'd never really considered that before. So right. like we're all still learning. And on this constant travel and learning from other experts, like what can we take away to still down into something that's logical and then shout in a kind of sorted way yeah. to teach people because yeah, we're, none of us are experts. That's, we're that's, all just on this journey. That's fascinating. And and, and when, so you, you hear things like, um, what was the dish the other day? I can't remember what it was, but somebody was watching somebody online. They added like a chunk of dark chocolate to to it which was something you would never think it might have been like a bolognese or something like that probably right? like a chili con carne or yeah. something like that yeah 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 now somebody has some chef somewhere has originally come up with that concept and all is, is this how it works does someone come up with it and then the chefs will go that's good we'll do that like or are people adding stuff all the time or, or is every kind of combination already done now do you think we'll see in like 10 years the new craze is like add diet coke to your waffles have you not started out? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Is there I, I, a question I feel like there, there is an endless possibility. Yeah. Um, we used the music analogy before, yeah, yeah. haven't we? So like there is on, there's only eight notes, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And yet they keep coming up with new music. Different combinations of those notes in different ways on different instruments. But basically, if you've got eight notes and you can create endless music, then imagine the endless possibilities with hundreds of ingredients. We've got dozens of fruit, vegetables, herbs, salad leaves, meats, cheese, like... If you've got all that to play with, yeah. it's limitless. Right. However, most things have probably been done before. So chocolate in a chili con carne arcs back to like the Aztecs were putting like savory chocolate recipes and then meats and moles and like Mexican mole is kind of a version of that. And then chili con carne. You can see how it's all, the chances are a version of it has been done before somewhere in the world. Right. But 
that doesn't mean that you can't make it your own now because people have forgotten about it or don't use it anymore. But I think like the most freeing thing for me in my like journey of learning how to cook over mm. the last 13 years, and this is why I don't classify myself as a chef at all, is that the biggest thing that I've learned is actually the cooking skills themselves, how to chop, how to fry, how to roast, all of those kind of like core cooking skills. Mm-hmm. And then I follow recipes. And, and, and so the, the bit that I don't consider like the chef element is being able to look at a bunch of ingredients and go, right, I'm going to make this and I'm going to do this to these ingredients and make this, this, this. I'm really rubbish at that. And you can see on the channel, whenever we do like those improvisation, improvisation kind of, yeah. uh, challenges, I flop hard because I go straight down like three or four different routes, which I know I've got nailed, um, but they will not work in that scenario. Right. Um, but what I can do is read recipes really well and understand why certain things are happening at certain points and can then start to improvise off the back of a recipe. Okay. So I can say, oh, okay, they're adding in this and this, but actually... I'm going to add in lemon juice instead because it's what I've got and I think it'll be all right. That is the most freeing thing. And then the next level is, yeah, here's a bunch of ingredients, go and make something. And like, yeah, I'll do a a half decent job sometimes, but it's nowhere near a chef's level. Do do you both have quite an, quite a, are you not fussy with food is what I'm trying to say. Do you have quite an open palate? Because I am very fussy, which I hate, but I've, I've, like, I've been trying to get better throughout the years. But I have like whenever I try a bit of food that I've had before, but it doesn't taste exactly like it did before, I'll go, oh, I'm, oh I don't like it, which I hate. But so would that, how do, how can I change that? Do you, do you know what, Does that make any sense? Is there a question there? I think familiarity is a question there. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think... <laughs> I think familiarity is always key and then just like change one thing and I think that's how you begin to learn new stuff and I think especially when you're venturing out and people always say like oh I only know how to cook the same five things yeah it's like well what's one of those five and you, we break it down and all you need to change is so bangers and mash one of our first cookbooks we just did bangers and mash mm. as an entire chapter except we kept changing the bangers for something else uh, a chicken breast and we changed the mash for sweet potato mash so suddenly you've got sweet potato mash with a bit of lime and chili and a grilled bit of chicken it's basically bangers and mash you've just changed two they cooked exactly the same and then we change the chicken for pork chop and add whole grain mustard into the mashed potato and suddenly you've got this like mustard mash and pork chop and like that's three different dishes but it's all just bangers and mash so would you take a concept that you can do and yeah. you're familiar with and you're comfortable with and then just change one thing that's great. I like that. I don't like that mash the potatoes at all. Keep them as new potatoes yeah. and with some herbs through it. And instead of your sausages, a little bit of fish. And now you've got a good bit of fish on some herby new potatoes. I like, like it. bangers a mash. So you can do your meatballs, but mash them. <laughs> Bolognese. Mince. Bolognese. Yeah. Bolognese. <laughs> and Jamie, you mentioned there that like a big part of sort of being a chef is learning how to chop and learning how to do this, that. Are there any sort of like little bits of advice you could give us to take away that would actually help us in our cooking? Like... Uh, honestly start slowly like particularly when it comes to like chopping because everyone gets so impressed when you see a uh, chef look you dead in the eyes as he's got the sharpest knife in the world and he's just chopping at 100 miles an hour it is sexy though it is really sexy yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really really sexy and if you can keep your trousers on then... <laughs> um, but you're never going to get there in the next like month or six months that's years and years and years of practice so start slowly get the basics right yeah. and build up and because no one's looking at you whilst you're in the kitchen and like judging you on that aspect. It's mm-hmm. only because 
we're the idiots that turn cameras on ourselves (laughs) (laughs) and put it out on the internet for other people to judge (laughs) uh, that, that that's what happens but in a normal everyday scenario you're just trying to get dinner on the table so like take it slowly and build up over time and like each week or each month you'll see an improvement and you'll get a little bit better and that's enough does does, does cooking still excite you all these all these years on yeah Yeah, it's still the thing i enjoyed i do at the end of the day to unwind having potentially just done a whole day of doing it in the studio i mean actually we probably cook less and less now because we've got an amazing team who do so much of the work but actually therefore even more so i love cooking at home so it's like Messi playing a World Cup final, then going home and doing keepy-ups in the garden. Yeah. And I bet he does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. Now, we briefly touched on weird food combinations, mm. and I, I almost let slip what my weird food combination is. Long-time listeners of the show will know it. Guys, we're going to take a little break, because we've got six weird food combinations. I know you guys do it on your channel, which, by the way, guys, go and check it out on the Sorted Food. I think that was the original series that got me into your your channel um and we're going to prepare six snacks the snack items that our previous guests have submitted and would like you to rate them for us is that right excellent love it see you in a sec we're back that was exciting wasn't it? a little break Mm. i mean i didn't do anything i just sort of sat here while you and fee prepped but i went and sorted out a lot before we actually get into all of the weird food combinations we've got i've realized we haven't actually asked you guys about yours specifically you told us about banana and pesto but that's not yours is it no is there anything Mm. weird you guys eat i think the one the one that i get taken the piss out of the most like in the studio is i love salad cream Okay. I really love salad cream. And off of late just, 80s, early 90s. Just no, off of... <laughs> same off era. Of, <laughs> off, of, <laughs> off of any era. Who still has salad cream? Salad cream with chips. Salad cream on pizza. Salad cream in a cheese and cucumber sandwich. Bizarre. Salad cream in a tuna mayo. It just adds that little je ne sais quoi. Oh, I like it. Um, wow, you're yeah. so hot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what is salad cream? I've never had it. It's like mayo, but better. It's like like a vinegary mayo. It's vinegary mayo. I like vinegar, don't like mayo, so court's open. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can try the coin. Either way. Okay, salad cream is is yours, but on anything, really. Anything. And and what about yourself, Ben? Odd combination. Uh, Haribo Tang Fastics. Okay. And a freezer. What? Have you ever frozen them? No. They're brilliant. So get a bag of Haribo Tang Fastics and put them in the freezer. And then just you can eat them straight from the freezer. Are they not rock hard? Yeah, it means you don't you don't consume an entire bag quite as quickly because you get jaw ache, like right. mastication ache kicks in, and you're left with just having a few. But they're cold. Back to the temperature thing. Yeah, it's a it's a temperature thing. It's a citric acid tangy thing. Yeah, and and do they do they crunch or do they? They're a bit more brittle, but then eventually they kind of melt, and then you have to chew. So you got a little texture thing going on. Um, it's the only way I can control myself, otherwise I will consume the entire bag. So it slows me down, but also it adds another dimension. I think I'd be into that. I feel More. like it would confuse my brain, the different textures changing whilst I'm doing it. Yeah, that's a good point. And if, like I said, if food doesn't taste exactly like it's supposed mm. to, I go... Mm. I'm willing to try it, though. Give it a go. Give it a go. Add some salad cream. Just no! <laughs> the sweet, the acid. Are, are you open to trying most things then as, as chefs? Yeah. Over yeah. the years, we've tried most things. Yeah, we've tried some terrible things, uh, as well as really good things, but yeah. What's the worst thing you've tried? Well, we have a series called Poker Face, which is uh, essentially where Kush, who's our head of food, gets given the brief to come up with the worst thing that he can possibly cook. 
um, and give it to us under the guise of entertainment and uh, learning. There's still learning. some factual learning to be had. <laughs> and so like, we've done like different episodes that focus on different areas like um, spice, like obviously being like the obvious one, like how spicy can you go? Mm-hmm. Um, and But because we're uh, educational as well as just ridiculous ridiculous <laughs> it was like spice from around the world so like different types of hot sauce or chili powders that you find in different countries around the world um we had um different think- tastes the saltiest thing we could do the most sour thing we could do the most bitter thing and we found uh bitrex so it is perfectly safe but a, you know a drop in like a, a swimming pool you can identify that's how strong this thing is and they they put tiny 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 amounts of it in uh cleaning chemicals so that if a child or somebody tries it, it's so uncomfortably bitter, they don't drink anymore. Right, right. It's not the Bitrex that's the problem, but the it just stops you from drinking other things. And we use that to make the most bitter, the most horrific tasting food ever. Wow. Under had, the guise of learning about Bitrex. We had, uh, <laughs> we had Calix on for an episode. Oh, yeah. And we actually made him sick. What? Well, he vomited. <laughs> what was <laughs> What did you make him eat? He tried to keep it down. Oh, I don't know which one it was in particular that he didn't. Squid ink. Um, was that the one with the barocca in it as well? That yeah. just suddenly became lamb fat like, barocca. Yeah, that was it. It was like lamb fat custard, and then it had barocca. So you you crunch into it, and suddenly you get this orangey fizz, and it, suddenly it's fizzing on your tongue whilst you're kind of eating this lamby, creamy like oh. oh but was, then it repeats on you because obviously yeah. Barocca is supposed to be dissolved so if you're dissolving your stomach you're very gassy so then he was belching a lot and uh, yeah it backfired a bit oh. Where can we, can we see that is that online yeah it's all online but the, the point of the game is you have to keep a poker face whilst you're eating it oh, so no, no facial reactions whatsoever I don't think I could hack it I'd be no. dreadful I do want to see that though because Cal- Calix made me sick do you remember on Did here it? yeah he showed me a photo of his new trainers hey! <laughs> yes, a joke. wow, wow. <laughs> right, okay. it's a joke i love you Callum. okay uh let's do it it's time for the weird food combinations as suggested by our previous guests fiona bring us the first dish okay ben jamie there's six dishes this is the first one Open the cloche. First of all, I love the fact you've got a baby cloche. That's just amazing. It's commitment. Saves, it saves the blindfolds, which yeah. is what we normally do to our <laughs> guests. So this was recommended by Els the Witch, a previous guest, of course. Ben's nodding. Are you familiar with this combo? Didn't Walkers bring out chocolate-covered crisps ages ago? Did they? Did they? Chocolate-coated, I'm guessing ready-salted or possibly even salt and vinegar, so these are salt and vinegar and how with did, Nutella. How did you... How, the triangle. Salt, acid and sugar. Wow. You do know what you're on about. Salt, acid and sugar. I mean... Right. He's blagged that so well. you, Are you a fan <laughs> of Nutella? I like, yeah, I like, Nutella. like Nutella. Are you a fan of salt and vinegar crisps? Absolutely. Definitely. Especially with the cold pint. <laughs> Let's see if this smashes that triangle. Cheers. Cheers. It's odd. <laughs> I don't particularly enjoy it. But... <laughs> It, it does work. It does hit those points in your tongue, which are salty, acid, and sweet, but also you've got fat, and we all like foods with fat. Yeah. So you've got fat from fry and the fat from the hazelnuts as well. As okay. weird as it sounds, that's really balanced. Okay. <laughs> really, nothing, there's no like extraordinary taste that's just coming in from nowhere and slapping you. Like That feels like, oh, yeah, that should go together. Right, okay. Are you okay. going to try it? Shall we try it? Shall I can't. Why can't you try it? Because it's Nutella. Oh, and you're allergic to nuts. Years ago, we made a um, peanut cookie and we put crisps into it. 
crumbled up crisps into it. And it was like that. It is that salt kind of vinegar, sweet, and the nuts that mm-hmm. kind of, it does work. Were they good? Yeah, really good. What Very do you boring. think? I love it. Really? <laughs> I really do love it. Okay, but this isn't about my ratings. One to six. Submit it on the on the board. You can change it after. Where's it? Where do you think this is going so far? I think we started quite high. Yeah. Two. I'm going to pop that in as a two. Number two. And I'm hoping Hi, that's because you've got a better one up your sleeve, but it's pretty good. It's we'll pretty see. Good start. Bring on the next dish. Okay, guys. Dish number two. I'm very excited for. Reveal it. I'm quite excited because I'm hoping this is something I can dunk in tea. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> now, this is buttery toast mm. and tea. Now, what are your initial thoughts? I don't think, fla- think flavour is going to be the issue here. I think texture is going to be the issue because that you've you've put butter on it mm-hmm. made it delicious mm-hmm. soggy now once that goes in the tea mm. it's going to become even more soggy <laughs> yeah, yeah and it's going to fall off and it's going to end up at the bottom of the cup when you dip a biscuit <laughs> yeah. it's all stays as biscuit the problem is you've got liquid fat on here which is going to form like a scum on top of your tea the fat is going to like it's going to be like he butter. loves it I'm going to tell you now, boys. What this is that is, trend from, like, is, butter coffee? or oh, yeah. bulletproof. Uh, is it bullet, bullet coffee? Bulletproof? Bullet co- yeah, yeah. Not, not interesting. This is my dish. I've had this since I was a, a wee kid, and I love it. Buttery toast in my tea. Have a little go. Have a little dip. Side by side, I'm all for it. But not together. But not, I don't understand why you'd want to dip one into you're, the other. You're ripping it off. You're not just going... Oh. oh I like that. Bold. Commitment to the part. <laughs> Cheers. Also, it's a good, good tea. It's a good brew, that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it looks so disgusting. It's well nice. Eh? It's so wet. Yeah, it's it's wet. so wet. <laughs> <laughs> I actually now feel sorry for ducks. <laughs> for ages, we've been throwing bread into ponds for them to eat, and soggy bread is terrible. You're going to start throwing it on the ground, on the ground now. <laughs> the toast, the butter's good, mm. but even after one dip, there's crumbs and there's just like oil slick, and by oil slick, I mean butter. I'd slurp that right up. Oh, you're going, you're going to. Flavour-wise, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm down. That's, that's great. The only thing missing is a poached egg. I'm not in the... In the tea. Not in the, <laughs> on the bread, so there's very deliberation between keeping them separate. Imagine yolk in your tea. That's not... No. You're not going for a dip? No. no. <laughs> so no. Not, I'm getting okay. rid of the soggy bread vibe. Not, yeah, I've been a big advocate for this. And, and a lot, uh, people say I'm, I'm thick, right? And they might, have some, they might have some weight behind that. However, I genuinely think it was probably five years ago, hand on heart, that I didn't realise everyone did that. I didn't realise that no people did that. <laughs> I you thought, okay. didn't yeah, that I no thought everyone did Double that. negative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought everyone did that. Uh, but you can confirm as chefs that no one, no one does this. I don't think anyone should do this. <laughs> I think lots of people do do it. I just don't think they announce it to the internet. Okay, yeah. okay. What I'm you do, sat in your dressing gown on, the, on your own sofa, is up to you. But, yeah. Okay, so where do you think this is going? Bear in mind, we've already got number two. I'd go five. Whoa. I'm sorry about that. But yeah, let's, uh, five sounds good. Five? Because we're in from each end. Yeah. It's got to be something better than the last and, and something worse something than this. Worse. Okay, there we go, in at number five. Actually, before we give the dish away, you, you, you have a go. Have a little nibble on that. I have a big really dunk. don't have a want dunk. to. I'm really weird with like con- like textures of foods. Yeah, you're not gonna like that. What if you do really like it after years of taking the Mickey? Yeah, that is grim. Oh, grow up! That is one of the worst <laughs> things I've ever tried. Expand your palate. Right, that's going in at number five. Dish number three, Jamie. You're gonna be a big fan of this. Yes, um, I think so. It- Previous guest, rate my takeaway. 
told us he loves a salad cream sandwich. Yes! <laughs> Kidding me! Yes! You guys kept such a straight face <laughs> earlier when he said that. <laughs> okay, I have a little nibble. Oh, I couldn't do it. I didn't want to put loads in because I didn't know how you'd feel about it, oh, but I should have probably put more in. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Mm, cheers. Cheers. <laughs> that mm. so boring. I like the fact you've gone two different loaves of sliced bread. <laughs> <laughs> A seeded option to dip in your tea. Yeah. And the most basic white sliced bread with salad cream. Yeah. It's not offensive. It just feels like it's a couple of decades out of its time. Says Ben. <laughs> <laughs> you love things a couple of decades out of their time. <laughs> uh, that has almost everything. On its own, as a salad... You know, You're it just missing a slice the- of ham. Where it has the creaminess, it's got the kind of like the little spice from the vinegar in the in the salad cream thing. It's great. Bit of cheese in that would be lovely. Bit of ham, cherry tomatoes, and salad cream. Absolutely perfect. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. So where are you where are you going to put this? One oh, of this, this is going to be. It's have to be a joint decision on this. Yeah, right? it does. It does. Evans, that's number one. It can't be number one. <laughs> that is ridiculous. You can move it later on. We've got an entire channel's reputation and it cannot reside on salad cream sandwiches i have a personal reputation that does reside. <laughs> so we have to settle and put it in the middle right well to help you at the moment you have salt and vinegar crisps with nutella in second is that more, better it's more that is more clever this isn't this is mm. a bit more basic than the previous one thank you very much <laughs> three all right yeah. i would say four but i'm trying to give you Hedge your bets. We'll go with three. We can always move it higher later. We cannot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's in at number three. On to the fourth dish. Dish number four. This one is mine. Can I just say, um, the studio is amazing, but there is a wall just there. And what we heard from the other side of the wall in the preparation of this was something being squirted. <laughs> I heard an aerosol. You are always on your A game, you are. Open oh. it up. Go on. <laughs> right, take it away. It's oh, I was not expecting on that. <laughs> I had a feeling it was going to be squirty cream. So right. this is squirty cream on sour cream Pringles. So the the second best Pringle flavor. Yeah, thank you. I'll take best? that. What's best? Oh, the Texas barbecue one. Yes, yes. thank Texas you. For a man who actually enjoys Texas barbecue, it's nowhere near it. Oh no, no, no! The the, the name and the flavor are two completely different things, mm. but. Delicious. Yeah. I will say, squirty cream also works on the Texas barbecue. Ooh, oh, it really? does. I've tried it all. Don't worry. <laughs> I want to know at what what time in your life are these two things so happily next to each other that it makes obvious sense? Oh, so I didn't have a conventional um, food kind of growth. I used to eat the plasticine from walls, uh, cardboard. Yeah, I chewed on my dad's Elvis record. Yeah. My sister um, had this. It's actually a thing that kids have. Yeah, it's called pika. Oh, yeah. and washing powder. Yeah. Like Daz. Oh, Goodness. No. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Surprise them here. That's why. So that's... actually, I'm quite glad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of all the things that could have been under yeah. the cloche. Cheers. Yeah, this is actually acceptable. Treat. So go on, give it a go. Sour cream. Pringle and yes. squirty cream. Cheers. It's all in. Yes. <laughs> Not for you. <laughs> you know when you dip a Pringle into something like sour cream. <laughs> that has the look and the texture of sour cream. It does not have the flavour. <laughs> it's not. But the Pringle overpowers the cream. Mm. As in, it, it doesn't taste. Is it sweetened? Yeah, so I was expecting it to be like a sweet vanilla cream, but it's not. It's just aerosol cream. Yeah, so actually, it's just 
Oh, do you have your sweetened or is that? I'll same? just have whatever. No, you can mate. get the ones that are like sweetened with vanilla and stuff. But nah, none of that, just basic. <laughs> I'm going to have to. Go on, try I it. My, I stuck my pinky in one of those. That's please. all right. Don't worry about that. Texture's weird. It doesn't taste terrible. I'll eat your pinky one. I'm not afraid. It's not offensive because it feels like it, you're just eating. Uh, like a non, said he, yeah, non-flavored sour mm. cream or a, a dip mm. that they just forgot to put some flavor in. Right, you know you're going to take that back probably, mm-hmm. but <laughs> it's not offensive as to make you go like, yeah, it's a ready salted it Pringle in with sour cream. It feels like the flavors jumped. Oh, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because I'm getting heavy sour cream, right? Flavor and the texture of cream yeah and my mind is going that's, that's a ready salted crisp with sour cream so it's it hasn't offended me right as much really as i thought it might it. where do you think this is going to go you've got two three five so you've got one four six available is it better than toast and tea yes oh. yes <laughs> i think this is going in at number four for me i think it has to based on the logic we've applied so far i still wouldn't serve it to guests but Again, what oh, you do on, in the what you do in the <laughs> privacy of your own home, <laughs> it's less offensive than toasting tea. You've yes. broken my heart. I'm a big fan of that. Let's move on to dish five. Okay, dish number five. Take it away, lads. Can't imagine where we're going from here. Okay. Yeah. All right. You seem on board. Yeah, I'm on board. But I'm confused. What the flavour might be? What would you, what would you pair a dairy milk square with? <laughs> a prawn cocktail crisp. Really? No, I wouldn't, but no. Mary's has a thing about that, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. wow. He I... loves prawn cocktail crisps and galaxy chocolate bar. And he's just like, the combination for him is crazy. So I thought that might be where it was coming from. Does he eat one than the other? Or is he eating them together? I think he's thinking like meal deal vice, but he's eating oh, both right. together. Oh, like, wow. Toffee popcorn, chocolate raisins together is a really good combo. I can, I can, yeah, I that can seems get that. logical. That, that, yeah. It's like Rocky Road deconstructed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to guess this is ready sorted. Are you? Mm. Is that your guess? I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's, if it's cheese and onion, we've got problems. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, let's dig in. This is Theo Baker su- suggested oh, these. Cheers. <laughs> ben does not look pleased. I'm just confused. <laughs> is that really sorted? I feel like the chocolate. Overpowers Everything. any flavour on the crisp. It must be just already salted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In which yeah. case, it's yeah. crunchy, it's salty, with rich, sweet chocolate. It's milk chocolate. Mm-hmm. I feel like what it is, and why I actually think it's quite nice, is it's like caveman material. It is uh, like a salted caramel cheesecake. Mm-hmm. Like there is nothing on the planet. Okay that exists in nature that is salty, sweet, and fatty. What, all in one? There is nothing that naturally exists that's salty, sweet, and fatty. So our caveman kind of brains, when you have like salty caramel cheesecake, that's why you can't get enough of it because it's salty, it's fatty, and it's sweet. Oh, wow. And it's like this hybrid food that hasn't existed and our caveman brains know that our body craves these things. I feel that's what that's doing. You're, you're, My you're, caveman brain is saying that's not terrible. You're a seasoned chef who knows way more about food than I can ever hope to, but I'm still in my head trying to think of a food that has all those things. <laughs> Prove you wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, something that has fat is generally going to be animal fats, dairy fats, or plant-based fats like right. coconut or avocado. 
and those aren't naturally both sweet and salty. Okay. So nothing exists, which is why when you taste it, your brain goes, this is the holy grail of food that mm. my body needs. And I thought like that's what I was doing. Okay, well, and, and where are you gonna where are you gonna put that? You have one and six left. <laughs> Jack, why don't we try this whilst they decide okay. where to put? I'll give it a go. So number two was salt and vinegar crisps with Nutella, Nutella. which isn't too far off what this is. But I would say that the salt and vinegar crisp with Nutella is better than that. It's got the acid yeah. kind of zing, but are we allowed to move things around? Based, yeah. on, based on new information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the current situation. Mm-hmm. I would put salt and vinegar and Nutella up to number one and put that in at number two. I'm happy to agree with that. that oh. Would you consider swapping salad cream No, no, <laughs> no. To number two. I was going to say, this is almost number one material, but I'm happy to say that the, the vinegar element of the salt and vinegar probably pips the post. It just added an extra bit. Do you think this would have been better with a prawn cocktail crisp? No, I don't know why I said that out loud. It's a crazy idea that Barry had years ago and he (laughs) sticks to his guns and believes in it. It's madness. Fee, can we bring the prawn cocktail crisps out? (laughs) What have you got back there? (laughs) An entire tuck shop. (laughs) Oh, McCoy's as well. And some more more chocolate, please. Yeah, we need another bar, a little bit of chocolate. Okay, so this is a little bonus just because we had some prawn cocktail crisps knocking about. (laughs) (laughs) There you go, sir. It's a big ridged crisp as well, that. <laughs> Sizzling King Prawn. You're, you're really eyeing up the packet there, Ben. What you... I always wonder if there's any real prawn in it. Yeah. You always ruin food. Allergies. <laughs> oh, there you, go. you always ruin the best food. There we go. There's absolutely... If you've got a seafood or a shellfish allergy... Find me prawn cocktail crisps. <laughs> oh, right. So the, um, what did we find? Uh, there was, uh, oh, bacon crisps mm. are vegan. Are they? Like loads of different types of bacon crisps are actually vegan. Because they just have all of the flavours that you associate with bacon rather than actual pork. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, Check the back of your packet before you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, cheers. cheers. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I've always thought Barry was weird. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. Yeah, that's not... No. no. Worse? <laughs> that's number six. Okay, well, that, that, that was the bonus, so we'll put that at number seven. Yeah, number seven. Chop, so chop. Barry's at number seven. Barry's at number seven. And we have the final dish. Excellent. The final dish from one of our favourite ever guests, mm. Deborah Meaden from Dragon's Den. Amazing. I mean, rules of the game. She's getting number six, right? Because that's all that's left. You could move things around. You move. did a second uh, ago. Okay. Move. Let's have a look. Pow. That is the laziest Nutella sandwich I've ever seen. (laughs) Sorry, Deborah Meaden's got so much money and she makes this. (laughs) Yeah, and we've actually not done it accurate because I'm pretty sure if my memory serves me well, she says it's got to be cheap chocolate, like Euro Euro shopper chocolate and stuff like that. But you know us boys, we only deal in the the king shit. (laughs) How bizarre. (laughs) Have a little bite. I don't because I know I... Deborah Meaden's vegan, you see. But yeah, this would have been. Back... If anyone argues that, um... oh, because it's milk chocolate, yeah. Mm. This was this was back in the day, wasn't it? I think. Mm. Unless she gets vegan chocolate and does it. Oh, maybe, possibly. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, lads. I mean, there's no surprises there, is there? No. I thought that maybe exactly it, what it says on the tin. It could be fruit and nut, but it's not. No. <laughs> 
does now, not look good. I feel like if you buttered the outside and put it in one of those toasty machines, you know, one of those oh. of the late 80s, 90s, yeah. clamp it down, a hot chocolate pocket sandwich with the toasty thing. Okay. With a dollop of ice cream, you've got yourself dessert because the bread is so sweet, as is the chocolate. He is a chef. Yeah, he is. He is. You Pop some pre- cheese in there. I'm sorry, he just he just said make exactly that but put it in a toaster. <laughs> like, that's not chefy. No, he said butter the outside, yeah. give it some ice cream. I look at that and just think, no. Yeah. <laughs> so where's this going, lads? It has got to be, be number, number six. six. Yeah. Well, you think sorry, that's Deborah. worse than toast in your tea? I'd rather put salad cream between those two slices, and that's saying a lot. Wow. Oh, with some chocolate. Actually, because then we... <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't Bring know. the salad cream through. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is the official sorted food ranking of Happy Hour guests' weird combinations. In at number one, congrats to Els the Witch. She's uh, her salt and vinegar and Nutella's in there. In a, what do we have at number two, Stevie? We had Theo Baker's ready salted crisps with a bit of dairy milk. And then in at number three was rate my takeaway salad cream sandwich. I came in at number four with my sour cream Pringles with squirty cream. You just pipped me at number five for my tea and toast. And the fact that that didn't come last, I'm happy with. Can rest easy tonight. But of course, Deborah Meaden has sadly come sixth with her <laughs> chocolate sandwich, but a chocolate bar sandwich. But she was not in last place as we added a last bonus round for Barry and his prawn cocktail and dairy milk, and that is at number seven. What a waste. He's, do you know what? He's letting your channel down, guys. He is a bit. We've been saying it for a while. <laughs> 13 years, I think. <laughs> Thanks for trying all of those. Would you say that's the strangest thing you've ever eaten, though? Back to back... I feel like that was lots of carbs with chocolate in various forms <laughs> yeah. and the occasional seasoning. Some of them worked. Mm. I think we've eaten lots of strange things over the years, though. Like, or, or things that are strange to us and are very normal in other parts of the world. And I think that's been the amazing thing is that kind of journey of learning. So when you get given food, you know, we went to Japan um, and some of the food that we're giving out there is n- like nothing we've ever had before. That I don't know if you've uh, had natto. Before. No, um, it's fermented soybean. It's really stringy. Um, and when you first put it in your mouth, the first thing you want to do is take it back out. Like it's it it just doesn't taste or feel like anything that we would normally eat in the UK. Mm. And because we're exploring food from around the world like so often, I think we've become quite accustomed to trying to say. This isn't disgusting because millions of people really enjoy this. It's just not to our taste. Right, right, right. <laughs> so all six of those, not to our taste. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's the strangest thing to... You guys do lots of wonderful like food experiments and stuff, and we can see them all over on your YouTube channel at Sorted Food. But is there anything that maybe we can't see? Have you got any stories from like a strange thing that has happened in the kitchen? The, uh, yeah, the hypnotic, the advert. Which isn't on the channel. No, 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 no. Mm. So (laughs) years ago, we, uh, were doing a campaign and we were, we had this idea or we were working with an agency that had Mm -hmm. this idea was what would happen if you could unteach a chef, me, Mm -hmm. everything I knew about food. Would that be funny to watch me go back through the process of not knowing the decade or so of sort of training I had? And so basically we got an amazing hypnotist in who, worked on my brain for a bit and hypnotized me and then put we had a studio had lots of cameras and it was external production team as well wasn't it and then lots of different tests where i was hypnotized to forget or change my perception around food 
and it was the most fascinating day because I kind of understood, I kind of believed in hypnosis, mm-hmm. but was always a bit skeptical. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, the hundred and one percent, this was mind blowing. Like he. He managed to convince me that an avocado was the scariest thing. <laughs> I think it is, mate. I so, think it is. Literally under a cloche, he had an avocado. I think it was cut in half. And then he put me under, told me it was the scariest thing, lifted the cloche, and I physically like moved back as if it was like a reptile had just jumped out of this thing. And I literally had goosebumps. I was cold sweats and shivers. I was terrified of an avocado. Were, were in that moment, were you, did you know it was an avocado? Yeah, that's the odd thing. Yeah. My brain, he did all sorts of things, getting me to forget certain information and recipes, um, getting me to make something taste like something else. All the time, I was aware of what was happening. I just couldn't stop it. And I, and my body was physically reacting, despite the fact my mind was still kind of conscious. And I was still aware that I was in a room full of people mm. and there was cameras. And there was a point where everyone was like... It's he's almost like playing up. Right, it. right. And I think this is why it never really made... The adverts made it in, in short-form content, but it didn't really work. Yeah. Because in 15, 30 seconds, it's not that believable. Well, you kind of need to see the whole process. I'm so glad you brought that up because this happened, didn't it? We've spoken about it a few times. People could see this on our YouTube channel. Stevie, you got hypnotised by Robert Temple. Uh, we were exactly like you. We were a bit sceptical going into it, but it, it actually worked. And one thing that people don't see... Because we got all the comments like, oh, the acting's terrible, all this stuff. But one thing you don't see is that the prep that the hypnotist has to do. Did they do like half an hour with you or something? Yeah, it's kind of half an hour with with, with all us originally to see who was going to be the subject. And actually, I I kind of was more susceptible to it. So Mm. he kind of took me aside and did some more. But even you guys were like not convinced by it. I think that was the weirdest thing. We're sort of standing, we've known you for, you know, 20 years at at that point. We know exactly what you will and won't do Mm. on camera. We know that you will never fake anything mm. like because we, we've we've pushed a few times and we know when we can push you to do something and you just will flat out refuse to do it mm-hmm. um and then suddenly like what <laughs> watching you be scared of an avocado or pick up a carrot and try to cut something with it because <laughs> the guy had told you that it was now a knife like just looking you dead in the eyes and going oh my god <laughs> This this is him. He's doing this. This is real. So the hypnotist he told me that a banana had all the power, and that as soon as I touched the banana, I'd fall back asleep. So he'd hand it to me, and literally the moment the banana hit my head, I just my 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 head sort of saying like I didn't fall over, but my arm everything just went limp, and I was just stood there asleep. And even Barry didn't believe it, so kind of woke me back up, moved on. And at one point, Barry literally from the other side of the room just threw the banana and went, "Oh, catch that!" And the moment I caught it, I collapsed. And the hypnotist had a right go and Barry said, this is not a game. This is not a Because I fell and kind of like like a sack of potatoes because I was, didn't have my feet planted what? and wasn't expecting it. I fell asleep and fell over and I could have hit my head. And the hypnotist had a right go at Barry said, this is not a game. Wow. But at that point, and that was back when Barry was like, oh, it's real. Like I, I thought you were just acting because the cameras were rolling. Right. And when the cameras aren't rolling, I'll catch you off guard and throw a banana away. And I fell over and the hypnotist was like, yeah. no. This is, I have control of this guy's head. We have to do this my way. Wow. And that was the moment. It's kind of like, what Baz I still not- get a bit of a shiver just talking about it now because it's the most bizarre, and yeah. you guys have experienced it, it's yeah. the most bizarre thing. 
What Baz doesn't understand though is he keeps throwing bananas at you now and you get there's no reaction. No, he took it all away. <laughs> he took it all away. <laughs> it's the strangest thing because the the internet are so skeptical and I get it. I get why people would be Facebook. There's a lot of fake pranks and and stuff like that. Uh, you guys were telling me in the little break that we had that you were getting some comments saying that one of your latest was it one of your latest videos was fake something this summer. Yeah, we so we. Um, we teamed up with the Earthshot Prize, which is a, a like a foundation type thing that's set up by Prince William. Um, and so we ended up doing a collaboration with them and we were able to get Prince William down to our studio. That's and so cool. It so, was yeah. like the most amazing day. And he came down to the studio and handed us some gadgets, which were prize winners from last year. We cooked up a dish with them. Uh, and then we had this idea of what if we could get this it was a burger that we'd made, a, a veggie or vegan burger. What if we could get this to more people rather than just in the studio? And so we uh, hired a food truck, went down to a, uh, a tap room in Bermondsey. And essentially, we put a message out to um, some of our community and just said, look, we're going to be at this event. We'd love you to come down and have a secret brunch with us. We didn't tell them anything else. So the, uh, it was about 30 people turned up uh, at this tap room. Uh, we locked them away in a uh, in a room uh, whilst the burger truck turned up, Prince William turned up, uh, and then there was me and Ben in the truck, like sticking our heads out the side, and groups of five or ten uh, of the community came came down. We said hello to them. We're like, look, we'd like to give you an Earthshot burger. How does that sound? They went, yeah, that sounds great. Uh, and we just called back and just went, right, can we have four Earthshot burgers, please? And Prince William turned around. And the shock, the look <laughs> on these people's faces. And you could just see some people got it instantly. They were like, oh, my God, it's Prince William. Other people stood there for a few seconds trying to process what was happening. Like, out of context, <laughs> what kind like, of dream state am I in? Hang on a second, that's Ben, Jamie. I can see Cush in the background. Is that... James, who used to be on the camera. <laughs> Shit, no, that's the future king. <laughs> and it was it was the most like amazing, wholesome day and it was it was really really good and then it the video came out and obviously the press picked up on it it was on like every news channel it was in every newspaper and as soon as it got outside of our community mm -hmm. there was just this big group of people who were like well this was all faked wasn't it it was all completely set up like, what do you mean it was set up like, oh, they're all paid actors <laughs> and uh they zoomed in and they saw that there was a sign that had been taped to the wall that said that this is a closed set I'm like well, obviously, it's a closed set. Yeah. We can't just have members of the public walking in to see the, the the prince. And so it was all this kind of thing, but it became this big conspiracy theory that it was all fake and it was all set up. And we just had like members of our community who were there on the day replying to threads on uh, Reddit going... No one paid me to be there. <laughs> <laughs> I work in a factory. What do you What do you mean people got paid? Yeah, you start getting invoices through. Yeah, I'm exactly. sorry, I forgot, I forgot to pay you. That's incredible. Now I can tell just from meeting you guys today, like genuine guys who like wouldn't fake anything like that. So that's just the internet. That's how it, how it goes. But speaking of, of royalty. Ben, is it true? <laughs> You've had a Google. <laughs> <laughs> is it true that you cooked for the Queen? Yes, uh, on her birthday. Wow. You cook for the Queen on her birthday? Yeah. What's she order? Uh, well, I, I, just, I just did hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> and, and He popped out of a cake. <laughs> he popped, popped out of a cake for the Queen. I, uh, it was it's hors d'oeuvres and, and presented cake to her at a, a private event. And I, I didn't know she was going to be there. I knew there were VIPs, but I'd been brought in to cook oh, so for these VIPs. So you weren't even told who it was for? Until the day... And I was there, and then I was told who the VIP was. I was like, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, she came for afternoon tea, and I, and I cooked for her on her actual birthday, which was just madness. That's so impressive. So I've cooked for a, a queen and a prince, so I just want a king Charles. now. Charles. <laughs> I'll come round. 
<laughs> Why does that help? I'm just trying to say I'm a king. But I'm not, am I? No. Why have you said am I at the end? Like any of us are going to go, maybe no, court, jester, court jester, court <laughs> jester. Do you think if you would have known it was, it would have been it, how you would have been nervous? I think so. And probably would have overthought it or done mm. different things. At this point, the, the moment I was told, two thirds of the prep was already done. Mm. Um, and you do suddenly second guess yourself. You're like, oh, I've just, was that, is that good enough? And I was like, well, it was good enough for any other VIP. So of course it's going to be yeah. good enough for Her Majesty. Did I wash um, my hands? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, she was, it was very, very cool. Did you get any feedback? Uh, empty plates. That's all you need, right? Oh, what a nut. What a smooth <laughs> answer that. And, and, and some, can you, some guests don't like doing this, but I'm going to give you a card here. So name drop freely some people you've cooked for, some celebrities. Well, people on the channel that we've cooked for over the years. Yeah. But also, well, in that, that particular event, and the event was around the Jubilee, so it was 2012. Um, so Gary Barlow was there for dinner and nice. Gary Malone with the, the Military Wives Choir because they were doing the, the song that um, had been written for uh, Her Majesty's Jubilee. So that was kind of cool. So cooking for Gary Barlow, and then he did karaoke afterwards. Karaoke? Karaoke, basically. Played what everyone wanted after a few drinks and on the piano. Her Majesty had left at that point. <laughs> <laughs> the party carried on, but that karaoke was kind of fun. Sean Williamson, are you familiar with him? Is that Barry from EastEnders? It is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I love that you know that. Ben has no clue. You're straight in with your sour cream sandwich. <laughs> but he uh, he does nights where he does karaoke and it's called Barioke. And, oh, yeah. He's got like a sold out tour. I yeah. saw it on, on Twitter. Barioke? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a sold... It's... It, it's sold out. Yeah. We went to a festival and Sam Fender was there and he came out and sang Getting Started. And he was like, it's only getting started. It was the best thing ever. Now, before we let you guys go, because we, we, you've been very generous with your time and, and we've kept you for far too long. One question that I've always, always wanted to ask. Posh restaurants. Why are the portions so small, but the price is so high? Like, I want a lot of food. Why is it, Ben? I'm looking at you. Sorry, Jamie. Ben's taking this one. No, because no, I completely agree. Hundred percent. <laughs> right. yes, so we went out. We did a. Uh, we've had a. You know, sorted the, the whole team. We went for a Christmas uh, <laughs> meal a few years ago, and um, given that it was a special occasion, myself and the food team kind of picked the location. Great restaurant. Um, but basically, the feedback was the chefs who were there really enjoyed it because it was really high end cooking. It was inspired. The dishes were really, really great. Uh, everybody else on the table was like. Yeah, it was, but where's the rest of it? Mm. And it, everyone was kind of there for like a big Christmas knees up and feast. And that's not what we had. What we had was an amazing multi-small plate experience mm -hmm. that was beautifully cooked. But I think it boils down to quality ingredients, quality labor, and somebody who's put the, or a team have put the time and effort into doing it, but also everything around you, right? Really nice plates and the cutlery feels great. And the glassware makes the wine taste better because it's a nice glass and all these kind of things. That's the added value that you get out of a right. posh restaurant i think but but is, is there a reason why they do just small portions is it meant to be just like a taster thing or especially if you have multiple courses if you're having like six eight courses you want small morsels and often there's very few carbs in those so right. the weight by the time you get to the end of it you don't feel like you need to be rolled home you can you leave feeling happy right i remember even as students like a chinese buffet was our big thing as students but you used to love going up and just helping yourself to as much as you want all the different stuff by the end of it, you overeat and you actually feel uncomfortable. And I used to feel yeah. worse after one of those than I did before I went in hungry. Right. So I feel like this is about not making you feel uncomfortably full, but give excite your palate and your minds and be inspired by new flavors more than how many calories can you get for your buck. 
That's beautifully answered, but I still just want loads of tips. <laughs> uh, I, I went to a Michelin star restaurant. Roger Hickman in Norwich. Yeah, gave it a go. And my waiter, French, yeah, the whole time. Until I heard him talking to the manager, completely English. No, <laughs> no way. I, I'm not sure I believe no that. Way. Swear no, on I'm my life. Stevie. I'm Swear not on my it. life. Every time he spoke to us, he had a French accent. Then <laughs> I heard him speaking to the manager. He was English. It was a different guy. No, it wasn't. It wasn't because it was the weirdest thing ever because we were cracking up at it. Because <laughs> clearly to him, I don't know if they're just having a joke with the finger and yeah. I'm going to go French to these people because it's the whole thing. Wow. But he was 100% English. But every time he... And he came back over to us afterwards. Oh, how was your food? Go, yeah, it's great, mate. Like most things, most things sound that? better in French. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Uh, yeah, it was a really weird experience. Food I, was great, though. I, I, I remember a joke from Louis C.K. where he said, "I don't eat until I'm full. I eat un- until I hate myself." And that's pretty much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much me. What if I go onto a plate hating myself in advance? Um, then eat till you're full. Okay. (laughs) Do do you guys have any little quirky kind of like London recommendations for food places where where we could go and check it out? Oh, there's so many. You know far more than I do now that you live here. Well, I think some of the some of the people we've worked with recently are doing amazing things. So Fallow, the restaurant, I think they they've been around sort of eighteen months as a restaurant now, but they are doing like really sustainable practices. But the food's just delicious. What kind of food? Uh, they'll slap a cod's head down on the table, right? A cod's head. So this 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 was an idea that came out of they literally asked their fishmonger what ends up in your bin each week and why, like food, on the couple of food waste. And he was like, well, we're pretty good, actually. We're, we managed to take off most of the scraps, turn it into fish pie mix, whatever. Pretty much the only thing in the bins, the, the cod's heads. And he was like, they're like, we'll take them. So the, like a whole cod's head. And what they do is like slow cook it and then barbecue it to get real char, sriracha butter. There is so much meat to be had. And you slap it on a plate and people can dig in and it's like the cod's cheek, but also all the meat around the, like the jaw. It's delicious. It's interactive. It's very social because everyone's digging in and it's delicious. Wow. But it looks like a head. And at the time, it was costing him like a pound a head, but they were putting it on the menu for, you know, a bit more than a pound. Yeah. So it kind of made sense as well. But they have a way, have a wonderful way of celebrating food that perhaps is overlooked. Uh, I'd say James Cochran, 1251 is the name of his restaurant. It's on Upper Street. Right. Um, and uh, it's in style. It's like Michelin style of food, like very kind of high-end looking dishes. But when I left, I was full. Okay. And another one we did for Christmas with the team a few years ago. Yeah. And it was, uh, he's been on the channel. He judged our fried chicken battle, didn't he? And he's, um, he's an ex great British menu winner. Um, a really, really nice guy. Really cool. And, uh, great, great food. Looks beautiful. Will fill you up. Superb. I love it. You guys have tried all the different foods from all the different countries. Do you ever just think, fuck it, I'm getting a delivery? Yeah. That sounds like a no. Yeah, no, I do. Do you? Yeah. What's your go-to delivery order? Uh, it's probably going to be where I live. There's not that kind of broader uh, kind of choice. Mm. So it's usually uh, kebab kind of like, uh, yeah, going for sort of like chicken, chicken shawarma or something like that. But this is the beauty of having chefs versus normal home cooks. And I'm not saying that no chef ever orders, but I, I just find no joy from it. Because I'd rather cook. I find the process of cooking more joyful. Do you never yeah, just go mad? The only takeaway I ever get, and it's not delivered, is like a fish and chips. I'll go and pick up fish and chips. Okay. Because that's not something you can do at home. You haven't got deep fat fries and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. fish and chips, if you're in the mood for that, great. But I'll go and pick it up and walk it back. But yeah. You'll never go Mackey's? No. When was the last time you went to McDonald's? I've got a picture. 
beach years ago. <laughs> years ago. Got, was it when we were in Ireland? No, no, I got a picture of us in eight, Holloway, Holloway eight, Road. Oh, Holloway Street. Road, that's at least eight and a half years ago. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, just not, just doesn't do it for how, me. How does uh, the thought of a big lamb donna spinning around make you no, feel? No, I, I love like a lamb kebab and like a Greek meze and like stuff, but just shaved. I, I'd rather... End of the sound, night, though. I'm gonna, this can make sorry, sound really to bad. To this side of the table. No, no it's not. But, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> End of the night. <laughs> so the, it generally feels like, to me, it's like empty calories. And I'm not, I don't count calories anyway, but for me, it's like, it's not worth it because I don't get the pleasure from it. I'd rather wait and then really enjoy something else okay, another time. That's fair enough. So I feel the same about like service stations. Right. Like mm. you're between A and B on a motorway and yeah. you pull in to get some petrol. And it's like the offering, the options are so rubbish yeah. very expensive because also the captive market and i'd rather just wait and have something better the other end i agree with you and i know we've fallen out about this before i agree with you <laughs> but my body doesn't work that way like if i'm hungry i need to eat now i can't wait and build the interest for no. like you know two hours i can't say oh in two hours time it'll be all right yeah. i don't have that overdraft like it's, it's not yeah. i hate to break yeah. it to you jay you do <laughs> i just yeah if i need to eat i need to eat Fair enough. Fair enough, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show oh, today. Been great. No, likewise. What's What's twenty twenty three got left in store for you guys? Got a bit more travel coming up, um, so hopefully, hopefully a bit of that. And then uh, at Christmas, uh, we're doing another one of our live shows, um, which has taken on a little bit of a twist in the last sort of year or so. So last Christmas, we took over Shoreditch Town Hall, uh, and we brought about seventeen hundred people into the oh. theatre to watch us put on a two and a half hour ridiculous festive show uh, all the whilst, best bits of the youtube channel oh, with the christmas nice, twist nice. Uh, while streaming it online uh, to people as well uh this summer we took over a house uh, in the countryside and did a big wild weekender uh full of loads of the formats uh, from the channel but taken to the extreme uh there was a swimming pool which got utilized quite a lot it got yeah that one got mad like uh, like 12 hours of live content across two days but like a festival you could like dip in and out to your, your the favorite bits always watch the whole lot oh, that's unreal and we want to do something similar in december so we're working up to an amazing festive kind of christmas live uh working on the kind of concepts at the moment but think like uh in fact think like eastenders pub yeah meets Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol meets YouTube. It's kind of like... Uh, I like it. With food. With food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we think, yeah, maybe some kind of pub venue. And, that, and that's in December, yeah. And that's going to be in, uh, in December, early enough that we can still enjoy a bit of Christmas. Perfect. I love it, lads. And have you got anything to plug? to our? To our I'm, I'm sure our audience know who you are, but have you got anything else to, to plug? I'd say go check out the channel. Um, check out the tickets. They should be on sale now for the, uh, for the live show. Uh, so that's going to be incredible um it's that time of year so you've got to mention black friday so if you head to the website yeah. basically in the weeks to come you'll find like the best offers on everything we do like all in one place superb should we try to get down yeah be good fun i can't do we get down. to eat any food yeah absolutely come join us yeah. Oh, yeah love it love it this has been jack makes happy hour with the brilliant lads from sorted food stevie's been here as well and <laughs> cheers stevie and right, we, we always finish the same question jamie ben what is the meaning of life Flight of wine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, I was going to say something really nice, and so I think that we've got it pretty much sorted with just good food and good friends. And what else meaning do you need? Tom Cruise? Well, if he's there, it's better, isn't it? <laughs> Only from the mid-1980s. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We'll see you in a few days, guys. I'm off to watch goats bouncing on trampolines. <laughs>
happy hour. <laughs> <laughs>